This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Welcome to Meet Your Congregation. My name is Caleb and I am here with Jay Baker. Hello, Jay. Hello. Good to be here on this historic moment. This is an historic moment because this is the first time that we have ever had a repeat guest, a returning customer on Meet Your Congregation. So it's like, what is it? What we call this? Meet? Uh, re-meet your, re-meet congregation. your congregation or, um, or meet your congregation. Andrew, do you have any pitches on this? N- no, not really. You could say maybe reintroduce. Or how about mm. getting more... In- go- Wait, is your last name Rhymer or Reamer? Intimate. It's Rhymer. Rhymer. Intimate. Rhyme. Getting intimate with your re- congregation. Re-Reamer. <laughs> Re-Rhymer's your... We'll come up with something snappy. Uh... But uh, getting <laughs> further, deeper, a deeper dive with your congregation. Yes. Yeah, something like that. Yes. And it's interesting because the reason that we are doing this uh, second episode with Andrew, especially um, so quickly, relatively speaking, after we had done the first one, is because of the first one, is because of a lot of reactions that you got um, that you had then shared on Facebook. Uh, would you like to quickly... <laughs> and let's see if we can really spice this one up so then we get more reactions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll have to do a third Ex- one. Exponentially. A trilogy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, I'm excited to see how many more friendships I can end uh, with people after yeah. speaking with you guys. Well, that's what we're here to do. Time, there's definitely a few. <laughs> Help you to lose friendships. Yes. For Jesus, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say I shouldn't say friendships. I should say lose acquaintances. Yeah. But there, there's been a uh, there's been some some. I think you can lose response. friendships. I think that can happen. I mean, I think you know. I often think we we have people in our lives that that are friends, but you know, s- certain things get in the way and separate us that we kind of have to learn to love and respect from afar. Because in my life, I've seen some of those relationships or friendships fall apart, and then years later, theology on both sides change. And we come back together. Yeah. And that's always interesting. Uh-huh. So, but it takes like a lot of time, but it does happen. I mean, it really does happen mm-hmm. because life is so intense and so tough. And when yeah. people go through different situations, um, I think restoration is possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there are some people that I haven't spoken to since uh, our last interview. Yeah. And for and the reason is, I mean, I haven't reached out to them either. And it's because nobody likes to hear that everything they believe is wrong, which is essentially what I was coming out Uh and saying. And I I genuinely it, it, it breaks my heart to think that there's people who listen to that, that maybe I was speaking about or directly or even somewhat indirectly that were hurt based on the things that I said. And Mm. I have to constantly remind myself that, yes, but it's the way that I feel is not wrong. I have a tendency to to start to then feel bad, like I did something wrong. So for me, I think part of, you know, getting criticism and hearing what people have and people thinking you're wrong or thinking your theology is wrong is part of just being a pastor, I mean, I'm running a church, and it's part of much of the church mm. is having community and having theology. 
I mean, our theology is, I, I, I think if we could simply just get the concept that our theology is our thoughts of God. Now, it, we might have a community that makes us feel more powerful because we all kind of agree together, mm-hmm. but it's still just the community's idea of what God is. I mean, theology is a hypothesis, yes. an educated uh-huh. guess uh-huh. on who God really is. Uh-huh. And so I think if we all held that a little bit op- more open, like philosophers do with their philosophy— Mm-hmm. And we could learn to agree and disagree on these things, and like, hey, we're all just kind of figuring this out. We all don't have the definite answer. Um, I, I feel like it would be less devastating, but it's very easy. And I did this many years. Is you do take it personal, you know? And then when you think God's on your side, and then you mm-hmm. know people mm-hmm. are going to go to hell if they're not listening to what you're saying, it gets literally complicated. Yeah. I feel like if we could take hell out of the equation, it might make it a lot easier. Yeah. Or if we could just learn to disagree and realize that God loves us and under, you know, I don't think a, a, a just God or a loving God is going to send us to hell because right. our theology was wrong. I mean, if we truly believed it, he knows why A, B, C, and D, or she knows mm-hmm. why A, B, C, or D uh-huh. came along. But uh-huh. anyway, so you're going to ask the question how this came about? Oh, um, well, now, now we're on a, a new interesting topic, <laughs> I feel like. Uh, theologically speaking, but should we get um, into like how how what? Oh, happened? sure, yeah, yeah. I guess just real quick, just to set it up, even yeah. Um, we we should, yeah. So, what kind of happened? How did it unfold for you after the initial interview came out? Um, were you contacted by certain people? Did you kind of promote it, and then uh, some people listened and got angry, kind of thing? Or how how did it go down? Yeah. When we spoke last time, I'd mentioned that I was looking at that interview as a way for me to, uh, because we were right in the middle of COVID and nobody was meeting anyway, it was a way for me to sort of talk to a lot of people at once. I knew that people would listen to the podcast if I promoted it and to sort of tell them that, hey, this is why I'm leaving. I don't agree with what you believe, but I love you regardless, but I, I can't have my name on the dotted line uh, of, uh, you know, of a church partnership uh, with a church that doesn't believe the same things I do. So, you know, I was, I kind of forgot about it because it took a while for the episode to come out. And when you'd contacted me, Caleb, and we're like, oh, it's going to be out this Wednesday. I mean, my, I had a pit in my stomach. I mean, it was was tough. You know, all that courage that I had uh, fresh out of the hospital was (laughs) kind of gone at that point. Oh, wow. And... Uh, but so th- when it did come out, um, you know, I, I got responses, uh, from people from all over my life though. And it did, I got, uh, contacted from some people from church who, uh, some of them were, were very, were fine. They were positive. They didn't agree with where I stand. Uh, they didn't, uh, believe the things I believe, but they were happy. I didn't lose my faith and they wished me the best, you know, and cool. those, that's, what you hope for that is what you're that's best yeah. case scenario right there you know and then there were if it, yeah i guess best case scenario if it has to be a separation if it isn't that they see the light yeah they don't completely agree <laughs> well, with you best case scenario is like they're like you're completely right will you start a church or, or they can just be like oh well we disagree on this but still i like the whole thing like we out. but the idea of them saying like we still believe that you're yeah, a christian yeah, yeah. you just don't believe the way we do that's For sure. pretty good i yeah, mean that's yeah, yeah. Totally, that's totally. mature yeah. christianity it is mature it is mature you know a- absolutely and it, it opened up uh, a door for me also to have 
a conversation with somebody that I, I respect deeply from church who, uh, you know, he and I get along very well. And I know that he doesn't see things the same way that I do, but he's a little bit closer than some others. And he actually came over to my house and we sat down for about two hours and we, we discussed back and forth. And I, I had those, uh, quote, tough conversations, Jay, that yeah. you always, always talk about. And we were able to to disagree well with each other while still leaving it. If we were allowed to touch, we would have ended in a handshake and mutual respect. But instead, it was just like a, you know, a nice nod and smile. And um, I was able to explain myself and he was able to explain himself and it was, it was great. And I wish, not only do I wish the world could have more conversations like that on a daily basis, uh, you know, I wish that I could as well. And there's still some of those conversations I want to have. There's still some people I'm going to reach out to after a little bit more time goes by to, again, just try to explain a little bit deeper and a little bit further, not just what I got out in a 45 minute conversation with you guys, but to discuss it uh, a little bit more in depth and especially with the research and the reading I've been doing since we spoke last, you know, I, mm. I've learned so much and I've become so much more confident in my beliefs that it's, uh, you know, I, I dare anyone to try to tell me that I'm wrong oh, at this wow. point. Yeah. Yeah. No, and it's a funny when you hit that point, right? It's just, all of a sudden you go like, Oh, you know, like I was talking with somebody recently and we were talking about literalists and I'm like, mm-hmm. If anybody should believe that it's okay to be gay in the Bible, it's literalists. Because mm-hmm. if they do the research on Greek and Hebrew yeah. and, 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 and the background, like if they really research those, they'll realize it's not talking about that, uh-huh. you know? So it's like, and, I, and I'm just so confident in that. Like, it's like, it's so weird to be like, when I hit that spot, it was just like, wow, now I'm not like, <laughs> I hope I'm right. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's uh-huh. like, oh, I believe it. Let's go. Even Let's from a literal standpoint now. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like telling my literalist friends, like, you guys should be preaching this to me. Right. You know? <laughs> so, you know. I, I noticed that also uh, one of the main points that was brought up from my believer friends uh, is, well, if if Christ is at the center of our hearts, then we should be able to disagree about these things without me leaving the church. and. Right. That things, you know, you're allowed to disagree about things while still living in community and still, you know, attending the same church. Whereas, That's like, I, I understand that point. Church. Well, right. But, you know, my, my issue, though, is like a human rights issue. Like, it's not yeah. that I, I just, right. you know, just disagree with how they interpret the word slaves in the Bible. It's, you know, it's also just like human beings. You're saying that aren't allowed to marry other human beings that they love. And you're saying that the way that they live is a sin and that it's a choice. And that to me, then that that isn't just a matter of, well, Christ is at the center. So who cares about that? Right, right. No, yeah. Uh, like, you can, but yeah, I, I have seen that. It, it seems that that's where a lot of Christians stand in in the way of disagreeing or at least trying to talk through it is like, well, you know, Christ is at the center. So this shouldn't matter. And I say, oh, I'm contraire. Yes, it does matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, I, and I, you know, I think that's why the bot looking at the when when the bot when, when the Bible talks about the body and that we all play different parts. You know, I mean, for me, it's like, no, I can't be there if you're questioning my loved ones. Like, I, I can't go to a bot. I can't go to a church if you're telling me the people I love and care about are sinners and horrible and destined for hell because they're married and have a family and all this. I just can't get behind that. But I do feel that there are certain people like reformers who go into these situations and stick into these situations and, and create change as well. Um, 
I think you can create change from the outside, um, and I'm more comfortable doing that than I would be going on the inside. But I am grateful to, like, I think about people who stuck in, like, the evangelical Lutherans, the ELCA, you know, and, and their, you know, their identity was denied. But they stuck in until uh-huh. it wasn't. Right. So I think you've got different people to do different situations and, and to handle that in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all work together because I found myself working with a lot of people like that. I was like, I can't do that. But you've got my support, you've got my voice, and you've got I'm here to encourage you that you are doing that, you know. Right. So, you know. Exactly. And I there's been some uh some positive things. Uh well, I guess I guess it's all relative and it all depends on how you look at it. But you know, after I'd uh, I'd mentioned that a friend of mine from church had come over and I know him, you know, from church but also through Celebrate Recovery. And He'd mentioned that the following day or the following night they were having, they were going to be meeting. Because last time we spoke, New York was the absolute worst in the country when it came to coronavirus. Now it's the best. How funny. Yeah, <laughs> so weird. Um, so now it goes to show what masks do when you wear your masks. I that agree. kind of goes away. I can Anyway, care. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> um, so he invited me to come to Celebrate Recovery. And I was a little hesitant because my former home church – started meeting again, but they made masks optional. And I really don't agree with that stance. Right. Um, mm. Just personally, I don't feel comfortable with that. But I said, you know what, I'm going to wear a mask and I'll come because I want to get my 18 month chip and it'll be nice to see some people. And that's, that's fine. But, you know, I was pretty nervous going back to the church yeah. after, and that was right after this interview came out. <laughs> so I showed up and Funny side note, when I got there, the uh, guy came up to me who runs the sound and the lights, and he was like, oh, hey, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Where's your guitar? You know, and I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, oh, you're, <laughs> you, you're doing worship, right? I was like, oh, no, uh, I'm definitely not doing worship. Obviously, you haven't heard. He's like, oh. So he starts panicking, and he says, if I can find oh, you a no. guitar, will you do worship? <laughs> nice. And I said, oh, I said no. if you can find a guitar, I'll do worship. And he brought down this thing, this pile of dust that he found in some closet somewhere. And I was like, well, I guess I have to do it. So funny oh, enough, yes. I didn't even want to go back to my home church. And then when I did, I ended up leading worship oh, and celebrating recovery. Um, dust cloud off the They account. had yeah, no exactly. other plan? They had no I other like plan. I like that, actually. I like, I'm liking everything I'm hearing so yeah. far. Yeah, that was, you know, I, I love, uh, you know, we, we can all have a plan, but. Of yeah. course, you know, how do you make God laugh? You come up with a plan. I mean, that's, <laughs> or however right. that joke goes. But yeah. when I got there, I think what the most powerful thing that happened for me was at Celebrate Recovery, I noticed this younger couple who was there. And I've seen them around before, but the age difference is big enough that we don't really interact. Um, but I couldn't help but notice the rainbow pattern on the van's uh, shoes that the, the young lady was wearing. Cool. And I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool. I haven't seen that before. And we go through Celebrate Recovery and, and all that, and we all get our chips. And at the end of the evening, uh, she pulls me aside, and she's like, hey, can I just talk to you before you leave? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So I um, said my goodbyes, and uh, we went outside, her and her boyfriend and I, and she, um, she let me know that she identifies as bisexual. And she's been a part of this church for a very long time, and and she is fresh out of like youth church. You know what I mean? I mean, you know how yeah. Jay, especially and probably you to Caleb too, <laughs> you know, just how energetic youth church is like Wednesday nights or whatever. It is. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
and you know, the youth pastors there are, are great, but unfortunately, you know, she didn't have uh, some of the best stories to tell me about the things that she's encountered and the things that she's been told over the years when she tried to open up and speak honestly about who she is yeah. as a person. And, you know, she thanked me for my courage to speak out, which I, I hate because I'm a, you know, I'm a, a, a straight white guy. Uh, right. I didn't, didn't take any courage for me to speak out. Um, yeah. It's something I needed to do because it was right. But I, I appreciate where she was coming from with that. But I hope that at the very least, you know, even if it just it, it opened up one person's eyes to realize like, oh, this doesn't have to be church. Like yeah. the experience that I'm having now and the negativity and being shut down every time I try to open up my mouth about Pride Month, that doesn't have to be. You know, maybe church isn't, you know, I, I directed them to revolution and maybe not going into a building every Sunday and, and going to church, you know, isn't your ideal way of worshiping God or, or, or living your life. But it's something and it's something different. And there are other options out there. And I'm so glad that I was able to direct these young people in the right direction and say, hey, I, you love God. I love God. Well, here's somebody else who like sometimes loves God and sometimes doesn't love God, but he's, <laughs> but he's going to teach you that that's okay. And that's what God is. Yeah. Like God is, God is, you know what, having doubts. I mean, that that's, our God can handle that. Mm. Um, our God can handle when we're saying, I don't know, man, you're not here for me right now. And he's going to say, oh, well, you know, he, you know, God is going to say, well, here I am in your most troubling times. Here I am in your most trying times. And I was just happy to be able to share that message with somebody in the most unexpected way. I just yeah. didn't plan on being there that night. And I was so scared to go and it wound up being um, amazing. And unfortunately, I, you know, hearing the stories that I did, if I would have known the things that she told me um, earlier, my decision to leave the home church would have happened a lot quicker. Right. I was on the, I was on the fence for a long time. And if I would have known these things, I absolutely would have left and I wouldn't even have thought twice about it. Um, but things happen the way they do and I can't control that. Um, and another thing that I just wanted to mention as well is, I guess the biggest shock that I had after the interview was released was how many of my non-believer friends listened to it and uh, how many of them I had no idea were very put off by my faith. Right. Mm. They knew me for a long time as just the alcoholic rock and roll guy who threw caution to the wind every chance I had. And I just, you know, didn't care if I lived or died, kind of set up my life hoping I would die young because I didn't really have a plan B. And when I went back to faith, it caught a lot of people off guard. And after hearing the interview and hearing where I stood on the LGBTQ issues, a lot of them spoke to me and said, wow, I'm so glad to hear that this is where you stand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's such a, uh, it's a great thing to hear, but it's also so tough. And I think it just goes to show yeah. how tainted of a word Christian is nowadays, so yeah. tainted. which sure. is why I don't, I don't like to use the word. And I like to just call myself a Christ follower Yeah, because they, and it's not a stereotype. It's unfortunately it's from their own experiences and the yeah. things that they've witnessed and they uh -huh. felt and the hurts that they have from church, whether totally. it was when they were kids or even when they were adults. Yep. That when they hear somebody's a Christian, they assume we are all one way. Yep. Yeah. I've had that exact exchange where I'm like, yeah, I'm a Christian. And they're like, oh, so you hate gay people? And it's like, no. Well, I mean, on the time, I've, I mean, even on 
Like I was trying to talk to somebody about philosophy and they were like telling me, oh no, you're a Christian and you must want to win everybody to Jesus and mm. change them. And I was mm. just like, no, no. Right. And then he was like pulling up clips from our website and he's like, well, here it says Jesus. And I was like, oh geez. I'm like, okay, maybe I need to change the, <laughs> change the, the website yeah. a little bit. But you know, yeah, I mean, as people have an idea, like they yeah, automatically assume totally. that you're, well, that you have a motive and mm. It used to be more of the motive was that this though they just want me to be a born again, but now it's like the motive is like they think, oh, this guy wants me to be a born again, anti-gay, pro-Trump, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Like there's just so much more that comes along with yeah. it now, and um, you know, I mean, I just it's Identity like politics. for me, I just want to be able to be friends with people, you know, and just live yeah. life and be like, yeah, you know, sometimes I believe this, sometimes I don't. I'm working it out on my my own. If you believe in it, great. If you don't, you know, I honestly don't believe in a literal hell, so it's, I'm not going to lose any sleep at night. Mm. Um, you know, so let's, let's, you know, just, just live and just have interesting conversations. And I would like to have that more with more of my conservative brothers and sisters and even honestly with some of my more, you know, self-proclaimed woke friends too, right. where it's not this, like, there's never this legalism that's, the legalism is the problem, I think. It's not really the the religion and all that stuff. It's when we start to wrap it mm. into legalism, any of our belief systems, and, uh, you know, yeah. say you're in or out, you yeah. know? So I think that's the thing I'd like to do is destroy the legalism mm-hmm. so we could continue to all have really good conversations, which sounds like you had a good conversation yeah. with your friend who came over to your house. I love that. I love hearing people having tough conversations. I mean, it's just, yes. to me, yeah. I feel like it's the key and there's just not enough of it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think it's also another example of where we are as a society because there were people that I am very close with who are not believers that didn't even feel comfortable enough talking to me about this yeah. prior to the interview coming out. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, like, this has been going on for a couple of years where they just, like, thought I secretly hate gay people. Yeah. I mean, it, it bothers me because, and I know that I'm the same way. We're so wrapped up in our phones and in social media and you know, we talk, but we don't communicate. And hopefully now that I've been able to have these conversations with believer and non-believer friends, it'll at least, I can't control the world, but at least it'll open up the lines of communication to and from myself. And if we can all do that just a little bit, I think, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I just think the world would be a lot more of a comfortable place because right now, yeah, it's a very tense place. It's a very uncomfortable. It's a very dark and cynical place. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I don't think that it's over-exaggerated. But I think that if people can start talking honestly and start, again, disagreeing well, uh, which is, of course, you know, if if only everybody could be more like Revolution Church, the world mm-hmm. would be a better place. Um, Amen. Who said that? <laughs> I, you know... To think that there's somebody, even a non-believer person that I know, uh, I don't want to get too specific here, but somebody listened to the interview and it came out to me. Wow. uh, Wow. Which was very unexpected and very amazing and beautiful. And and it happened over the phone with somebody that I've never spoken on the phone with. (laughs) (laughs) A a good friend that I've never spoken on the phone with. And it's... It's been a beautiful, eye-opening thing because all it was was a 45-minute conversation with you guys and opened up this entire world for me that I didn't even know I was missing and didn't even know that I needed. And when I think 
back even since then, um, I've been re- doing so much more reading and I've done so much more research and to think where I was then and where I am now, um, like I, I got done reading, uh, the Peter Rollins insurrection that yeah. you always uh, bring up Jay and, um, what an unbelievable book. If anybody's yeah. listening to this right now and hasn't read this book yet, oh my gosh. Yeah, it is, it's unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. And I realized that the concerns I had over leaving the home church, I was going through this crucifixion and resurrection, you know, hypothetically speaking, Yeah. when I put myself into the hospital and I finally got help and I, and I accepted wholeheartedly that God had completely abandoned me. And that I was on my own and coming back out of that experience, embracing the shit that this world is and embracing the heartache and embracing the pain and realizing that I can't even muster up the courage to like go next door and check on my neighbor. But I'm comfortable just sitting here talking to you guys for however, you know, length of time. And I feel comfortable like God is here. Like I'm staring yeah. at you on, on my phone right now, but God is here right now because this conversation needs to happen so I can continue to branch out and be a better friend and a, and a better servant in my community the same way that you guys are in yours. And, you know, that book combined with, I, I read Fall to Grace, Jay, which is just another book amazing oh, that I just learned so much from. And I feel so much more, as I said earlier, confident in where I am as a Christian that People ask me, why don't you miss the community of going to church? And I don't miss that because I have community and my community doesn't have to just be Christ followers. Right. My community doesn't have to be the people that that I pray with and that I do worship music with. The community is the people that I make my my devil's rock and roll music with and the people who, you know, we get our kids together and they play on the playground Mm -hmm. and we just kind of shoot the crap about music or about TV or whatever it is. That's my community. Right. And showing love to those people is where I need to be. Uh And, you know, I just thank you guys so much for giving me a platform to be able to start this, this journey for, because, you know, it's definitely, it's opened up a lot of doors and, and, uh, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Inspiring. It's super inspiring. Yeah. Meet your congregation does something else. Look at us. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> we were just trying to get people to talk to each other. Yeah. But not, a, not in their own hometowns. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> it's true. I do need to get better at being a part of the community online during Revolution. Like, I don't really, I'm not the type of person that, like, talks during the, the conversations on Sunday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I see them all popping up and everything, but then I, I like to go back and read them. But I, I, like I, see I them all try I'm to like, do a better job. Trying to ignore them because Caleb's like, no one knows what you're talking about on the podcast yeah. when you're a, I want to cover a two them question. I want to turn around the camera so Jay can't see it at all. That might be a good idea. Yeah. And so I can't see the... Counting you can't see the people and the people all oh, myself because yeah. I do a lot of this. Yeah, you can't see yourself. You can't see the count of people. The count, yeah, the count gets the, me. The like, oh, everybody's I'll leaving now because they hate what I just it. said. Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, I'm really excited about this, man. I, I, it's great. I mean, it, as you see, it's like you know this whole tough conversation thing's not just me. I mean, Pete Rollins is a big proponent of that. I, yeah. I heard somebody quoted Pete the other day on Twitter, and it was like, um. You know, war war is not conflict, but war is like the, I, I'm I'm butchering it. But war is what happens when you can't handle conflict, 
you know, and that idea is yeah. like if we could learn to live with more of the conflict and, and have the conflicts in our lives with each other, um, we don't have to go to war. Uh-huh. And I think in some ways, I mean, obviously not violent ways, but we do often go to war on with each other in the church or yeah. online or things uh-huh. like that. So, you know, I think we can learn to have disagree well. And yes. I, yeah, you know, and, 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 and learn to like, we don't have to agree. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't have to end with us both agreeing. Like, I can still respect you and not agree with you. I've had it proposed by an online congregant uh, to have almost like a little fight club on Facebook, in the Facebook community, uh-huh. and like just kind of disagree well with people, like just to choose two different sides of a debate. Right. And just like kind of spar with each other and disagree well with each other and and just kind of practice. Well, might be good. Yeah. Practicing disagreeing well. Maybe we need yeah, it, honestly, Revolution at this Fight point. Club. We need it at this point. Yeah. Um, some training. That's a good idea. Yeah. Then you can sell tickets also and people can watch <laughs> and learn. Uh, uh, and learn how to disagree win? well. Yep. Maybe that we, we should take that, we can take that on the road. Yeah. <laughs> well, are we done? Uh... You got yeah, any more questions? I reckon so. Well, man, this has been awesome. Thanks for doing our first follow-up, and it's really great yeah. to hear what's came out of that. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a good story. And uh, keep us posted on that and, and send that song to me. I will. Thank you. Uh, thanks so much again for the opportunity and uh, the opportunity to come back and talk more about it. And, um, you know, I love you guys. Love what you guys do. I, I really appreciate it every single week. And, uh Hopefully we can do this again sometime. Definitely, man. Yes, love you, buddy. Will. Yeah, love you too, man. All right, take care. Talk soon. Bye. Right. If you enjoyed this show, you might also like Loosen the Bible Belt with Kristen Becker and myself, Jay Baker. One of my dad's friends thought it would be funny to send me a, 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 a subscription to Playboy to my house. <laughs> And my mom didn't realize what was in the black black plastic bags, so she would just throw them on my bed. I'd come home and I'd be like, oh, new issue of Playboy. <laughs> Pretty funny, yeah. Jay is really into this magazine. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, he's really reading. He's reading his mind. He's such a reader. It's weird that he's dyslexic. Yeah. <laughs> And he has to shut the door. <laughs> That's oh. really funny, Jay, that you were dyslexic and you just kept getting magazines. Yeah. And no one thought twice about I, it. I just thought like the like the porn fairy was coming to town. I was like, what? Anyway, sorry, that was totally off the subject. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so funny! You just like like your life was that good that like the butler <laughs> left you Playboys. The butler, on the- <laughs> this was post butler. This was post. My dad was in prison, so oh okay. So <laughs> it was one of his friends who who worked did this magazine scam and thought, well, you know, I bet you Jay's Jim's son would like some Playboy, and he was right. <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. That classic. That's yeah. the equivalent of like putting the light bill in your kid's name. Your dad's yeah. friend oh, ran, ran a magazine scam and put you down as a recipient. To Playboy. Yeah, and I think he would write complaint letters and they would send him money. But anyway, okay, let's get out of this. I don't know why we're here. That was a post Christian podcast.